0: Hey everyone, we're the Girlish Podcast. My name is Gage. And I'm Jay. We're two trans women of color who wanted to start a conversation.
1: We wanted to provide insight into the transition process through our own unique perspectives.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of Girlish. Today, we're going to be diving into episode 11, which is all about transitioning without hormones. My name is Gage, and I am here with my co-host, Jay. Hi, everyone. It's me, Jay. And we're also joined by the very first guest on the Girlish podcast, Alice. Hi. So Alice is one of our really good friends, and we have always wanted to have her featured on an episode And since she's actually not on hormones currently, we thought it would be a great idea to kind of share that perspective of a trans person who is starting their transition without hormones, Um, just because there are a lot of people who don't have access to hormones for whatever reason, whether it be like their family situation or their medical situation, financial situation, whatever it might be. Um, So we just thought it was an important topic to be sharing with you guys.
1: When we first made this podcast... Gage and I had the conversation that like Alice has to be our first guest. Like she has to be the one that comes on the show first and tells us about her life and her story. And I think it's really important and I think it's really cool because we all have like a similar story to tell and, but they're also so different and I think, and I'm really happy that she's able to just be here today. So welcome Alice. Welcome.
2: We love you. Thank you. Love you guys too.
1: Okay, Um, so before we
0: get into the actual episode, we kind of just wanted to share the story of how we met because we've been friends for a couple years now, Um, and I just think it's cute how we all met and how like the internet can bring people together because I think that's a really cool thing that's happening nowadays.
2: So me and Gage met on YouTube. I commented on one of her YouTube channels and or on one of her YouTube videos and you know, we followed each other on Twitter and we kind of kicked it off. And then Gage told me about Jay and Jay messaged me. And then, you know, we kind of kicked it off too. So that was really cool.
0: Yeah. So basically YouTube brought us all together. And I know in last week's episode, we kind of talked a lot of shit about YouTube, but one of the reasons it does hold a special place in my heart is because I met like two of my closest friends there. Um, So it's not all bad. And I think YouTube has a great way of connecting different people who have like similar interests or similar things that they've gone through in their life. So that's a really fortunate thing that came out of YouTube for all of us.
1: Yeah, it was definitely like the coolest thing to just be able to, you know, I was so early on in my transition and I was really looking for a community of people to like talk with, you know, when I came out, I talk about the struggles I had with my parents and my family and close friends. And it was really hard. And it was probably the loneliest time in my life, specifically like the first few, like, you know, the first like few months, you know, being on hormones coming out and it was really scary. And so I would watch like a lot of YouTube. I was like doing a lot of research and I stumbled upon Gage's videos And she was smaller at the time, but like the way that she presented herself and the way that she like made her YouTube videos, she seemed really grounded. And I feel like a lot of YouTube and a lot of content creators, um, there's like a disconnect almost with their audience and like the videos they're making. And I just, I didn't feel that way when I watched Gage videos. I felt like, wow, like I could really be her friend. Like I get her sense of humor. I understand like like, I don't know how she, I don't know, thinks. And I and I feel the same. And so I was just like, I have to message her. Like, I just, I, like, I want to talk with someone. And then so, yeah, I ended up messaging her on Twitter, which was, like, a really, really cool, like, I don't know, thing. And she responded. I remember showing Emily, like, all the messages. Emily's my girlfriend. And she was really happy for me. And then, um, yeah, Gage ended up showing me to Alice. And we all kind of became you know, a really good like group of friends. And it was everything that I needed at the time. It really helped me get through a lot. i had a community of like girls that have gone through similar situations that I did. And it was like such a cool thing to have like really, really, really cool people, you know, share similar stories, you know, talk about like dumb stuff. And I don't have a group of friends like for once in my life that actually knew me for me and it was really special. And I still think back to those days, and I get emotional because it was like a really, really cool moment in my life, and like a start of something really amazing. And so I'm really thankful for both of these ladies. And so, um, yeah, if you want to tell us a little more about like your backstory a little bit, Alice, and kind of just like a little introduction into who you are, that'd be really cool.
2: Okay. Um, Well, I was born in Michoacan, so that's like I'm like really mexican um and then i moved to i was six here and stuff like that and i literally forgot a question so can you like repeat it
1: no yeah i just wanted like to you to share like an introduction into like who you are and like your transition just like like just give us a little breakdown on like your just your identity i guess
2: oh okay um so i been socially transitioning for um, about three years when I met Gage. um When I first found Gage, like I, to be honest, like I only watched one video and then like that's it, that was it. Like that's all the videos I watched from her because we instantly like hit it off and like became friends. So like I, like I knew how annoying she was. So I didn't want to annoy myself more by, you know, watching her <laughs> videos and stuff. <laughs> Um, and yeah, um, I haven't started hormones yet, but I do have my appointment next month to see my doctor or the doctor, the endocrinologist. So that's exciting. And yeah.
0: Yay. I'm so happy. Like I remember when we all first started talking, cause like we started to talk to each other, When I wasn't even a year on hormones yet, and Jay had just started.
1: Yeah, we we were were all all ugly.
0: Yeah, we were all fucking (laughs) hideous. We all had short (laughs) ass hair, and we look a lot different than we do now. So it was just fun at that point. Like, I think the biggest thing that made me so grateful for the both of them is because we were so early on in our transitions. And obviously, like, during those early stages, you're very insecure. And like you're scared to go out in public because you think everyone's gonna clock you. So it was just really nice to have like two other girls that are at that same point as you are. So you can like talk about it and not keep everything inside because I feel like that's what a lot of people do. Um, but like going back to YouTube, I feel like certain creators, like bigger creators, are kind of hard to reach or it feels unrealistic to like DM them or send them a comment. And, Have them be like confident in the fact that they'll actually read it. But at that time, I was really small. I think I only had like a couple hundred followers. So pretty much every comment that I got, I was able to see. And that's how we all met each other. So I am grateful that I wasn't like a huge YouTuber because that allowed me to meet a lot of cool people that I still have in my life today. And Yeah, I actually don't think people would have subscribed to me at that point in my life because like you said, I was like really ugly. But luckily, we were all able to be ugly together and that made it better.
1: You know what moment like I think about a lot that's so funny to me? I don't know if like if you're comfortable with talking about this. I'm comfortable talking about anything. We can. Okay, well, there was like someone in your life that was I think a friend of yours and um, they, they oh. knew you had transitioned and everything. And, um, we were attacked on Instagram <laughs> by a bunch of their friends, by a bunch of people that they like, I don't know. It was just the craziest thing. Cause they went all over your Instagram and were attacking you. They would attack, um, Alice and I just like through messages and stuff. And we went through some shit together. Like we were like genuinely like, like, like a bad bitch club because we were just like, <sighs> We were just, we were getting a bunch of like hate like randomly and we were like smaller at the time. So like none of us would have like DMs this way. And so there were like really hurtful messages, like comments. And like, it was, it was so like, it was so funny. And like, also like, it was just like a cool thing that we all experienced together. It was like drama. And it was just like, I think about that a lot. I'm like, wow, we we went through. I completely forgot. I feel like, yeah,
0: it was like I felt popular because I was like oh there's people gossiping about me and like I feel like I'm <laughs> in high school and like fighting with people um, but basically there was this guy and he, kinda, he, he liked me I guess and his friend like he told his friends about me which is kind of weird because like we barely talked to each other <laughs> but he told his friends about me and they like looked me up obviously and then they found out I was trans so they were like put off by that obviously or like well they were like gamers so you know how gamers are they're fucking weird but like I'm sorry if you're a gamer <laughs> but yeah I so like we just yeah, canceled, gamers, so we can say what we want um yeah but they like commented on my Instagram and then they found out that Jay and Alice were my friends so they started commenting on their pictures because they're also trans so yeah that was like a weird experience but it was like Interesting. I completely forgot about it until you brought that up.
1: If it wasn't, honestly, though, like for the community that we had, like the people, like, you know, like both of you, I did not like, and, I, and when I were to receive those DMs, I would have really like reacted badly. It would have hurt me. It would have like put me on a commission for like, like probably a few months. And it would, it would really, really be upsetting, especially so early on in your transition when you're like so fragile and you're like in a very like, like fragile state of mind. So, but being able to like have a group of like friends who were like going through the similar situation, it was just funny and it was just drama and it was something that we were talking about and it was, it was like a reason to be mad at someone else. And I don't know, it was just a fun time. And I remember, I think about it to this day and I'm like, well, it doesn't matter because you know, there are these people who support me and it was like you guys. And so I just, I think about that a lot and I'm like, that was so fun. Like when things are just a lot s- simpler and like easier and Like those were the hate comments that we got. I don't know, it's cute. And I like looking back at like the origins of our friendship.
0: I know. Now that was like when we were all like younger and we were like in school and didn't really have jobs and now we're all old adults and it's like it's different, but like we're we're grown and we still talk to each other often. It's just we don't have like that time to be able to like stay up on Skype all night and talk to each other every day. But Yeah, that's I feel like that's how all friendships are though. um so going in first, I kind of want to talk about like what exactly hormones are because I mean, there could be somebody watching this or listening to this podcast that doesn't know what hormones are, how the whole process works. Um, so Jay, do you want to go into like how like hormones what they are and all that type of stuff?
1: Yeah, of course. um before we jump into the the first like scoop of the episode, before we jump into. The full like topic for today. I do want to take a break quickly for the sponsors. All right. So going into today's topic, yeah, I kind of want to give you guys a little introduction of what hormone hormones are, what hormones mean to a trans person, and essentially like what we take and stuff like that. So for me, I've been on hormones for three years. And when I say hormones, you know, trans people experience hormones differently. So like a trans guy doesn't take the same thing as a trans girl, obviously so i take an estrogen pill i take estrogen and you can also take spironolactone which is a testosterone blocker but there are other medications that you can do Um, i take them orally my pills orally but i know estrogen has patches I'm sure there's estrogen like injections. There's a a bunch of different like methods and ways to take hormone replacement therapy, but it's essentially for trans women. It it comes down to spironolactone, like a a type of hormone blocker to block the testosterone and an estrogen. And so those basically are like the two primary things that you'll see trans um, women take. And um, it's supposed to help with like the feminization process. I mean, it helps, you know, you know, things like a part of your body change and it helps, um, just make things that might be more masculine, more feminine. So like, I know like it helps with like fat re- redistribution. It helps, you know, get you some titties. Uh, it helps with, um, just a few things like that. And it really, it's, it was a lifesaver for me. I really, really am happy that I was able to take it, but obviously not everyone has access to hormones and Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so like you were saying, I have been on hormones for almost four years now. Um, so I've also been taking estrogen and spironolactone. And over the last year, I've been taking um, progesterone, which is one of the hormones that's in a cis woman's body when she is going through her menstrual cycle. Um, so it, it's usually to promote breast growth. Um, but it also has like a lot of bad side effects. So a lot of people don't take it. Like it makes you drowsy. Um, It makes you irritable. Um, So it's not for everybody. And that's why it's not like a popular hormone that people take. Um, So Alice, I kind of want to direct the conversation towards you. So we kind of have been discussing what hormones that we've been taking and how long we've been taking it. Um, I kind of just wanted to get your input on hormones as a trans person who is not currently taking them and like how or what are the steps that you've been taking in order to further your transition without having hormones
2: so i obviously haven't been taking hormones that's kind of the topic of this whole thing um but to be honest i my everyone's different i feel like every trans person is different obviously and I'm myself am naturally really feminine. Um, uh, so I I was really I wasn't like put off by the idea of hormones. Like I obviously want to get on hormones since I have my appointment next month. But um I just um didn't think I really needed them that much because people outside were already calling me, you know, ma'am or like miss. And, like, guys were, like, flirting with me and stuff like that. And my voice has never been super, like, masculine. um, So, I mean, it kind of, you know, worked out in my favor. Um, but I don't, I feel like hormones aren't really super necessary unless you want to, like, get SRS or, um, you know, like, the ideal, like, trans, like, um, stuff. Go ahead. Yeah. So I think it's important to also
0: preface that taking hormones is not a necessary part of being a trans person. Um, Like in your case, you at that point didn't really feel like you needed to take them. A lot of people feel like they never have to. So I definitely think it's a misconception that you have to be on hormones in order to be trans. Um, Obviously, it does change your body in a way that makes most people more comfortable with their gender like breast growth or fat redistribution, but taking hormones is not like a necessity in order to to transition, which clearly you have been doing it for years and you haven't taken hormones yet.
2: So, um, speaking about like, um, fat distribution, um, it's, it's really weird because my body, um, so I used to think I was like shaped like SpongeBob, which is not the case. Um, I, I've used, um, corsets and stuff, which, um, that's probably why my waist isn't, like, Spongebob anymore, um, but I guess it's, like, more, a little more feminine, and I naturally have, like, breast, not breast tissue, but, like, I'm just, like, kind of fat, so, like, (laughs) (laughs) um, so I have, like, what looks like boobs, but it's not really, and my legs look like, fucking Kendall Jenner, so,
1: yeah, I'm Alice not, has legs for days. Yeah,
2: so I'm not too worried about those. Um and yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think it's it's really cool to be able to kind of see that perspective of of, you know, knowing that trans women you know, there's a lot of stigma that's put around hormones. And there's almost like a checklist of if you start labeling yourself as trans, these are all the things that you have to do. These are all the hormones, all the pills you have to take, all the surgeries you have to do. And it's not like that. Like this, this doesn't confirm your gender. Like, like it helps, it helps you feel and it could help with dysphoria and it could help you, especially if that's what you want. But it's really off preference and it's really off what makes people more comfortable. And at the end of the day, if you know, if, if it makes someone happy not to take them, then that doesn't make them any less of a woman than someone who has had a million surgeries to feminize them. Someone who's taken years and years of hormones. It doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change how people should perceive or identify you as. Once you say that, you know, you feel this way and you want to express this way, then I think that's valid enough to start treating people like actual human beings and respecting them for um, who they want to be and who they know they are. And so I'm I'm really, really just interested and I'm so happy that we have Alice on today's episode to get to talk to her about, you know, this and, and about her perspective. I think it's really, really cool. And
2: yeah, so... So, um, I want to bring up a point that, um, you definitely don't need hormones to identify as trans or identify as female, but, um, there's a lot of, um, people, I'm not going to say that, you know, they're like trans-trenders or anything, which is a term to, um, like people who think like being transgender is cool and like do it for like woke points, um but um a lot of people like um person like they they don't change anything at all um not that you have to change anything physically but like they just don't try at all to be feminine or masculine whichever you know way um so they look like complete men um don't care anything but they say they're trans and that's not to be in you know, a rude or anything but that's like not okay with me cuz not only does it give the trans community like a bad name but it also gives it a bad image.
0: Yeah, I think we still have a lot of learning to do about what necessarily gender is and I think like being trans in itself is hard for a lot of people to understand and there are those people who completely like throw the conception of gender that we currently have like out the window. And there are those people who either don't have a gender or they prefer to be addressed as she or he without feeling the need to express themselves that way through their clothing or through their outward appearance. Um, So we definitely do have like a lot of work to do basically in order to get to a place where we can all accept and understand each other and get to a place where we can comfortably like identify ourselves as a certain way without other people taking the wrong idea because I think like people are really caught up on labels so there are a lot of people trans people included that think that they identify a certain way but things change a lot and you know you might feel a certain way one day and feel that complete opposite the next and I think that's where a lot of the confusion comes in when we're talking about gender and the way that people present themselves because it's constantly changing it's on a spectrum so there's like no right or wrong answer but sometimes the lines do get a little blurred and I think that's why a lot of people get confused
1: yeah and I think the lines will probably continue to get be really blurry especially through our lifetimes you know things are aren't always so black and white. Um, The idea of what gender is and and how people use it to express themselves and how people refer to themselves, like everything's constantly changing. And I mean, you can say that about like literally any social justice issue. There's a lot of of change and growth that's going to continuously happen. When you think there's progress being made, you kind of look 10 steps back and realize, well, actually there's still more progress that needs to be made. And so it's definitely one of those things that can be kind of confusing or, um, you know, a lot of people might not quite understand it right off the bat. And um, it's just going to take a lot of a lot more time, I think, to fully understand like what gender is and like a better way to define it, because it can be one of those really slippery slopes that can make things really difficult because, you know, there's there's so many, you know little things that you know everybody's so different everybody's life is so different how they express how they think how they feel it's all so different so to be able to label something as broad as gender to define like millions of different people it's like really difficult so it can def- it's definitely one of those things that are just it's kind of hard to be able to understand
0: yeah and i i don't know if like a lot of people know this but the trans community Especially like trans girls, they're very catty and like very judgmental and bitchy, to be honest. Like, there are a lot of trans girls that like outwardly make fun of other trans girls based off of what they look like or blah, 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 what they sound like. Like, we, I did a video with Alice that I want to talk about later in the video or later in the podcast, Um, but essentially I posted a video on my channel with her and there were some like really shitty comments about her from other trans girls and other people in the LGBT community. So like there is like a still in the LGBT community, there's a certain standard that I think we hold gender to because like once you start your transition, everybody's first question is like, oh, when are you starting hormones? Like blah, blah, blah. When are you going to start growing out your hair? When are you going to start doing all this stuff? And it's like we are already putting that person in a box based off of what our conception of gender is. And like if somebody doesn't want to take hormones or doesn't think they need to take hormones or just doesn't want to do it in general, everybody's like, oh, like, why? Like, why wouldn't you want to take hormones? Why would you decide to stay in the body that you were born with? Like, why are you confident that way? Are you really trans? So like your identity kind of gets interrogated in a way when you don't follow like the traditional transition path and I think like Alice is a perfect example of that like she has been perfectly fine in her transition and she hasn't been on hormones so it kind of like goes against what everybody thinks like oh you need hormones in order to be pretty you need hormones in order to comfortably live your life and be confident like she's like the perfect example that she's confident in herself and she's not on hormones
2: it took a lot for me to um like be confident, um, especially in the beginning. Um, obviously, I was—I had like a buzz cut almost, and you know, I my mom was not accepting of it. You know, she even kicked me out because of it. Um, I'm living with her now, but now she's not like fully accepting of everything. Um, and it was just really hard to get confidence, um, especially because you know, people when you go outside, people call you him and you know his and he. And that's just not what you see yourself as. So even if you're not in hormones, I, I think confidence is something you definitely have to work on, even hormones are not.
1: I even want to point out um, transition privilege because there's a lot of that. And I don't think a lot of people like um, really understand. So when you like create this box for trans people to be in and you say they have to do this, they have to do that you don't really understand the context of like the pressure that puts on a trans person. If there are a trans person in a household that like is like Alice or is like mine, that's like very like traditional Mexican and that believes a certain way, it can be hard to make those steps. to like try and like look for hormones. It can be, it can be scary. You don't want to be, you know, homeless, kicked out and you, you just want to make sure, you know, you're taking things slow and just to kind of, you know, Tiptoe the line, kind of push the boundary a little bit until you're fully accepted. And sometimes it really does take that time in order to be accepted. There's a lot of places where um, people can just like, anybody can just like go to the doctor and be like, yeah, I want to start hormone replacement therapy. And they're given it. But then there are a lot of like real trans women who are in other like rural like southern areas and that go to doctors after doctors after doctors calling and like like so many lines asking if they you know treat trans patient, patients spend thousands of dollars looking for different doctors to start hormones and it, it takes so long and so it really depends on the area that you're at and um, just the people that surround you and how like there's just a lot of like just pressure when it comes to that, but there is a lot of privilege that come with certain people. And I know specifically like white trans um, individuals, you see a lot of that more accepting families. You see a lot of more accepting uh, friends that are around them. You see um, a lot of times in more progressive areas, they're they're just highly respected compared to like black trans women or trans women of color. And so you, it, it gets really difficult trying to find, you know your way through your transition when, especially if you are a minority, if you are dealing with these issues like money, if you are dealing, if you are like um, just going through a lot of other things that are beyond your your transition. So it can be very difficult if you are not privileged, and I think that's a really important thing to say. So anytime someone's putting pressure on people to start hormones or to do this, do that, you don't understand someone's backstory. There's there's a lot that you know people go through.
0: Yeah. And kind of continuing the conversation about privilege. So Alice, you mentioned that you were born in Mexico. So like, even if you did want to get hormones, it's not that easy, right? Like you, it, you have to go through loopholes in order to get insurance coverage. And even if you still wanted to do it without insurance, you would have to find the money in order to pay for hormones. Cause I don't think a lot of people realize that they're really expensive. So like insurance is a big part of coverage in terms of affording hormones. So how does like your background and where you were born kind of affect the whole process? Did it make it more difficult for you to get access?
2: I mean, thankfully I have, you know, the money to like pay for the appointment and then pay for the hormones. But I don't, I feel like not everyone has that privilege. So it's especially with like undocumented trans people, it's very hard for them to change their names, you know, get on hormones or even make doctor appointments because sometimes it's really expensive.
0: Yeah. So I think a lot of people forget that when we're talking about transition, like the typical timeline, like we were saying is start hormones and then you start to change, but that's not always the case. Like whether you are undocumented or you have no insurance or you just don't have access to make an appointment to an endocrinologist. There's so many different factors that kind of affect when you can start your transition or if you can go on hormones at all. And I think it's really shitty that oftentimes we judge people based off of not starting or not having the access to do that because for some people, it's really not possible. And you kind of went into it, Jay, about like white trans people who have that privilege, which we kind of talked about in a previous podcast as well. So it's just, like, a really good thing, especially in the context of our own community, to think about, like, why somebody might not have hormones or why they're not on them instead of automatically judging them and being like, so, like, what's the point of even growing out your hair or changing anything if you're not even going to be on hormones? Like, that's a really shitty mindset to have.
1: Yeah, I think that's the big thing that we want to kind of – talk about or discuss more in our, in our podcast, I think that's what the, what we're really trying to advocate for is look at your, like, look at yourself, look at your life, look at your perspective on things and understand that not everyone lives the same life that you do. And that you're, um, I mean, we all have a sense of privilege. I think everyone does. And, but I think it's really good to put yourself in other people's shoes and look outside of your privilege, um, look outside of, of your life and see house. Maybe other people might have it worse or other people can't do this or that, or maybe that other people don't want to do this or that and know that their mindset and how they feel is still as valid as yours is. And, and we, I don't know, I think a lot of times, especially like you said earlier, when people were like commenting on your YouTube video might like being like catty about certain things. Like it can be really like hurtful to see that, to see that people that you think would respect you and love you, um, people that have been in a similar situation as you, people who are fighting for literally this, the same acceptance as you would respect you or would treat you a certain way, but instead they don't put themselves, they think about other people in their own shoots. And I think the big thing, like the biggest thing that I want this show to be about is just understanding perspective. And understanding why, you know, certain things are the way they are. And why certain people, like marginalized people, feel more marginalized than others. And I think it's really, really important to hear other people's stories.
2: There's a lot of comments saying, you know, Kate is like um, more feminine than I am, acts more feminine. And there's this like stigma that women have to be classy and, um, you know, chill and just like not, you know hood ratty kind of thing um which i think is kind of stupid because i feel like cis women don't really all act the same um my sister for example is a fucking lunatic so (laughs) um i think um that stigma needs to go away um to start accepting trans women as they are instead of um putting this idealistic like way To act and present.
0: I agree. That's a really good point. Like, there is literally a stereotype for trans women. Like, once you come out as trans, everybody has like a picture of you. I feel like that is what you're supposed to look like once you're done. Like, trans women are supposed to wear makeup all the time. They're supposed to have long hair. They're supposed to wear dresses and heels and have big boobs and big lips and be really good at makeup. So, That's like the caricature of trans women that everybody has. And it's like a exaggerated version of like femininity in itself. And that's literally not true. Like it makes zero sense to put all trans women in the same category and stereotype them when Literally, as you were saying, cis women don't act the same. There are cis women who enjoy sports or playing video games or they don't like to wear makeup or some of them are really feminine and they like to dress up and wear heels. So it's just really shitty that like, people hold trans women to that standard because even I have fallen victim to that because I'm not an extremely feminine person. Like, I like to play video games. I don't wear a lot of makeup. I don't – like. Spend hours on my hair every time I go out. Like, if I go out for the night, I'm not going to put on a pair of heels. I'm going to wear sneakers. So, there is like this misconception that all trans women are the same. And I feel like when you're not on hormones, you're expected to act that way to compensate for the fact that you're not on hormones. So, like, maybe you're not on hormones, but in order to counterbalance that, you need to be wearing dresses and having long hair and doing makeup and all this extra shit that. It's not realistic because we are different and we, we don't all want to wear dresses all the time and makeup and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I, th- I um, think that it's so annoying whenever that happens. And especially if you look at like media today, sometimes you can kind of – it's self-inflicted, this like feeling of – and being envious or feeling like you need to be a certain way. If you look at trans people in media, they're like these hyper-feminine, almost Barbie doll-like women – who, like, if you look at, like, Gigi Gorgeous, Nikita Dragon, Laverne Cox, I feel like these, like, trans women are, they present themselves in a very effeminate way, this hyper-feminine, like, style of, like, uh, of way. And you see these trans women in media. And then other people see these trans women in media. And then they have this expectation that you are supposed to be that way. And it's really frustrating because... If you don't act that way, then other people, people would put other labels on you. People describe you certain ways. Like I've been, you don't like the amount of times I've been called like masculine or like mask, a mask woman. Or like I've even been called like a butch before because I'm with my girlfriend. And like those types of words, like those types of labels that you put on people are so hurtful, especially because you don't know how I feel. You don't know how I want to express myself, how I, I identify certain things that go on in my life, like how I feel about my body and certain things. Like you never know or understand what's behind, you know, anybody's head. And so to self put these labels on people, a lot of people assume that like I'm a lesbian or something. Because I, I do I am I'm, I'm not so hyper feminine effeminate and it's frustrating because when you do this you're you're literally putting us in a box that that like because other women can't wear like long sleeve like shirts because other women can't have or like cis women can't have tattoos like why does that all of a sudden put me in like this masculine box where I have to be labeled as like a lesbian or like this or that it's, it's really frustrating just because I'm not this Barbie dog, just because I don't have the money to do this, do this surgery, do that surgery doesn't mean I'm, I'm not as like feminine in my heart or how I like, it. you know what I mean? Like it just, it's, it's really annoying.
2: Yeah. Going back to like, I forgot who said it because I have the memory of a goldfish, <laughs> like the Barbie, like kind of, um picture um I think it's kind of weird because um not even cis women are put up to that standard and me I'm I'm not gonna say like I'm super butch because I wear heels and like you know I wear shorts with big tees like all the time so I'm pretty like laid back but it's more like a like an alternative kind of skatery look but just with like a feminine twist and I feel like all three of us have like that that sort of style, um, it's just more like natural to us instead of going with, you know, Malibu Barbie and like wearing a floral dress and like having blonde hair and no shade though.
1: Yeah. But also, like there's this um, with being a trans woman, specifically in my case, like dealing with dysphoria, dealing with issues that regarding my body, and my self-image, sometimes it can be really hard to express myself in a way that i want to so you don't know what's going on in someone's head like for me like i i I wish that i were um this or that i wish i had this i wish i had that and there's a lot that's going on through my head all the time and the easiest way for me to mask those feelings of like this discomfort for my body is to wear something that might be more baggy to wear pants all the time like black pants all the time And it's, it just, yeah, there's a lot that goes into someone's identity. And like Alice said, yeah, there is the standard that trans women are put that's beyond cis women that like you have to be literally this Barbie doll and it's, it's, it's the worst feeling. And, and I just, I hate it.
0: Yeah. I feel like we really can't win. There's either, There's really no way for us to exist without people commenting in some way, shape, or form about our femininity because at one point of the spectrum, like, you have the really feminine girls, and people are like, you're honestly trying too hard, sweetie. You don't need to wear all that really feminine stuff in order to be seen as female. So people basically call them out for being overtly feminine. But on the other side, when you have the girls that are more like us, like, on the chill side, we don't like to wear a lot of makeup people are like well if you want to be treated like a lady you kind of have to look like one so you should put on some makeup and get some nice clothing and blah 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 so like i feel like we literally can't win because we either if we're super feminine we're either too feminine and over the top and if we're not feminine enough we are just not trying and it seems like we don't care so i i genuinely feel like we can't win and it's so hard i don't think people realize like The standard that we're put to is pretty much
2: impossible it's funny that you say that um that we can't win because you know it's being too feminine or like too not feminine because um it takes me back to one of the comments in your youtube um about my voice and it's like very like high-pitched or whatever um to be honest i don't think my voice is that high-pitched especially in that video it's like not high-pitched at all um but, like, if people don't want me to talk like this, like, do they, like, expect me to talk like a man and
1: be like, hey, what's up?
2: <laughs> and, like, you know, just, like, it's not. That, like, strains my voice already. So, like, keeping it at a, you know, high sort of, you know, whispery kind of thing, it's, it's comfortable for me. And it's, like, not, it's not straining and it's not, like, trying too hard. It's just my fucking voice. Exactly yeah,
1: and like Gage was saying earlier there's there's no winning whenever I, I would make YouTube videos, I would constantly practice to make my voice the most feminine it could be, and I would post these videos, and people would always comment how like great my voice sounded and everything like that, but like I was I felt that I was like hurting myself, I was hurting like my throat it was like really taxing to like like go into making a video, I never wanted to do it because I'm like, well, I have to present myself this certain hyper feminine way. And if you look at some of my videos, my voice is really like high pitched. And sometimes I I, like, I'll get, I'll go to that like natural, like speaking voice, but other times it is like me presenting a certain way. And then there was like, there was a switch where I was like, I need to stop caring about being this like hyper feminine person. If it's not making me comfortable, then why am I going to do it? And then so I think I kind of ended up just being more comfortable with myself and understanding my identity and who like I am. And I think I found a more comfortable range without having to like overly stress my voice without thinking too much about like how I express myself. So yeah, it's been, I think, a process for everyone to really like everyone's journey is so different and understanding like how to be themselves. And so I I don't like that the boxes that, you know, we're, we're all given
2: like, um, Jay said, it's, it's taxing sometimes to, like, talk in a high voice in the beginning of your transition, um, I used to work at Target, and I used to, you know, go to work, and, like, talk like this, and, like, very high, and, like, almost, like, very, like, and just, like, not, it used to hurt my throat, like, I literally lost my voice for, like, two weeks straight, um, because of it, and, yeah, it's just not healthy. I mean, I guess voice training is healthy if you're doing it the right way, but straining your voice is not the healthiest way. So if you're out there, you know, don't strain your voice.
0: Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people, like literally everybody has like a certain voice that they put on at a certain point of the day, or depending on who they're talking to, like, We've all worked retail, and I'm pretty sure even like our cis coworkers have like a customer service voice that they use when they're talking to people. And like, I've known these girls for years, and this is like how we talk normally when we're just like on Skype or talking on the phone or FaceTiming. So, like, it pissed me off, to be honest, when I got. All those comments on that video of people saying, wow, her voice sounds so strained and so feminine. Like she's trying so hard when literally like that's how she talks normally. Like she literally talks like that every single day.
1: Yeah, it's I don't understand people's obsession with wanting to dictate how trans people live their lives or how they choose to express themselves. Um, And it's honestly the, the most disgusting thing. People who are part of the community do that. They think because they went through something, they think that because they, you know, their their transition might have been harder, that they they everyone else should do the exact same thing, and it's not like that. And and I, I want to keep emphasizing that we're all on different journeys. We're all on different like wavelengths, on different paths, and how other people choose to express themselves. There's not this weight on cis people. You don't see, you know, you don't go up to a random cis woman and go, "Wow, your voice is like." really, really, really feminine. Your voice is like too masculine. Like you're trying too hard. Like that's not a thing that people do. And so I'm glad that we had this conversation and to kind of shift to a different direction because I feel like we're, you know, talking a lot about this. I, I want to get like more back on track on the on on just like transitioning without hormones. Cause I think that was like the big topic of today's episode. And And because we're like wrapping or coming to near the end, I kind of want to hear everyone's opinions on like different ways to specifically like be able to like transition without actually taking hormones, different feminizing techniques, things that, you know, people might need help with. I got a few DMs like a few weeks back of people, you know, asking me like, you know, what are ways to like actually start the feminizing process without actually taking hormones? And I think that's a really good question that we all probably, you know, have an answer to. So, if you guys want to kind of jump into that,
2: so my first advice, um, you don't have to grow out your hair, but like, um, I guess most like cis women have like long hair, um, that's like one of the easiest like step forwards, just growing out your hair, um, changing your name like with your friends and stuff, you know, that's also a really big deal especially when you when you you know find your friends like calling you by your you know wanted name instead of like your your legal name or whatever so I think those are two ways to like start and like really be progressive towards that yeah and like a lot
0: of the steps that I took at the beginning like the very beginning of my transition I even started before I started Hormones so like, like you said, growing out hair is like the most basic thing that you can do. Um, you can also start to experiment with different types of clothing. Um, so like you can go out to a mall if you have like a friend or a family member that you trust to go with you. You can go out to a mall, try on some clothes, try and figure out like what your style is. Um, figure out sizing for the clothing because I made a mistake really early on in my transition of only shopping online. And... My body is not built like a cis woman, so like a small on a cis woman fits a little different on me. So you definitely have to like start to figure out what type of clothes that you want to be wearing, what type of sizing that you should go for when you're looking for pants or tops or shoes, stuff like that. And then there's also like little things that you can do with your family or friends, like even if you're not starting hormones medically, you can still like let your family members know like, hey, I am going to be going through this change. I'm not going to be on hormones yet, but I would really appreciate it if you would address me with the pronouns that I prefer, call me by the name that I would like to be called by, things like that. Um, There's also like a lot of holistic and natural ways to like raise the hormone levels or drop certain hormone levels in your body. I'm not exactly sure what they are, but I know there are certain types of foods and certain types of drinks that you can take that will naturally raise your estrogen levels or drop your testosterone levels. So that's also something that you can look into if you kind of want to start, but not you don't have access to hormones
1: yet. And I know that sometimes it can feel like a rush to do things like grow out your hair and stuff like that. But a big thing that I advocate against is taking like fish oil pills because I did not know this when I was taking them, but they don't just grow out your hair on your like head. They grow out, they help, they like make your facial hair also thicker and more coarse. And so I was, I spent thousands of dollars on like laser hair removal and to come to find out that like, it was like reversing the effects of my laser because I was taking these like you know, fish oil pills. And so I would definitely, you know, do some research into like supplements that you do take, make sure that, you know, there's not like a side effect that might hurt your transition. But yeah, I think, you know, those are really good feminizing ways. I think practicing your voice too. It was like, start expressing yourself in like a more like feminine tone. I worked in retail as well. I worked in, or fast food too. And just being able to see new people, don't be afraid to experiment with your voice. I know it can be like nerve, nerve, nerve-wracking because you're like around um, all these people. But just look at it as like, wow, I might never see this person ever again. They don't know me. This is the first interaction they have with me. So this is how I'm going to present my voice. And then just try different things out. It's a slow process, but you know things will end up being a lot better when you, once you practice and once you get you know better at doing stuff like that.
2: Um, going back to what Gage said about, like, finding your fit and stuff and, like, shopping. Um, I don't recommend going to Target and, like, buying, like, dresses and shit and dressing like a hooker. Mm-hmm. Because that'll definitely get you clogged. Um, <laughs> so don't over, like, exceed on the makeup and, like, you know. I mean, if you want to, like, that's fine. Less is more. You do you, boo. But, you know, yeah, less is definitely more, especially in the beginning of a transition. Yeah, that's a really um, That good you part. have like masculine features, yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like once you come out, like a lot of people are just really quick to rush into the whole feminine thing. And if you want to, that's perfectly fine. Like, if, if that's the type of style that you want to go for, if you want to have long hair and wear dresses and all of that, that's fine. Um, but definitely, I feel like the goal for a lot of trans people is just to blend into society and to not be clocked and to just go about your day without anybody being an asshole to you. So, I think the key to that, especially at the very beginning, is less is more, like you both said, um just because it's a lot easier for you to blend in and not like I don't want it to seem like I'm saying don't go all out if that's what you want to do, but I just think if your goal is to be more inconspicuous, that's something that you should consider.
1: Yeah, I would definitely practice makeup. And, and you know, in your home, if you want to be ex- as expressive as you want to be, then I think it, it makes sense to, you know, go all out, have fun with it. Makeup is a form of expression. And I think anyone should be able to do whatever they want with it. But when it came to my transition, how I wanted to present myself, like Gage said, I was very much like the kind of person where it's like, my goal isn't to be like the center of attention. And it's, it's never been that it's always been to just, I want to be in a room full of people and no one even look at me. Like no one even second think like, wow, that girl is like different or that girl's trans. I just want to be just like any other girl that's just existing and in a room with other people. And so that's just like how I wanted to perceive and go about my transition. And so, you know, I I messed with a lot of makeup. I played with a lot. I bought a lot. I spent a lot of money on it. And but to this day, like all I use is every morning I'll put a little bit of concealer on, um, some bronzer, and that's it. And like, and I go on with my day. I try to go as natural and as like simple as possible. Whenever I like overdo it, I always find myself, I feel like. I don't know, accentuating more masculine features on accident. And sometimes it can be like really stressful. Like I know specifically, um I would buy orange concealer in the earlier part of my transition. And sometimes if you don't get the right concealer, because like orange was supposed to block out like any like dark patches, like when if you have facial hair, like five o'clock shadow. I would buy like orange concealer, but if it wasn't the right type, if it didn't blend well, then the orange would really stick out underneath your concealer and it could really bring more attention to how you're expressing yourself and, um, it can bring more attention to the things that you want to hide. So I think it's important that you, you know, take a look at how people do makeup, definitely experiment and make sure that, you know, you're, you're just expressing yourself in the way you want people to perceive you
2: a big 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 super big thing is um your confidence level um especially in the beginning of your transition because um I used to not be confident at all um but I found like YouTube videos on like how to be confident and like self-care and all that and um I used to sit naked in my room um to soak in kind of like um body confidence and like this is my body like I'm not gonna be able to change it right now. Like, this is my body for now. Um, so I think confidence is really a big factor in transitioning.
0: Yeah. And that way you can kind of give yourself a goal and realize like I really like how you put it. You acknowledge the fact that this is how you currently look and it might change, it might be something that you wanna change in the future. But you really do have to accept like where you are at your current stage in your transition, because it's really easy to compare yourself to other people and get down on yourself because you look a certain way, your body isn't as feminine as you want it to be. But transitioning does take a lot of time, and at the beginning, it's really important to understand that someday you're going to be a lot more confident. You're going to look. A lot better than you do now and you're gonna look a way that reaffirms how you feel about your gender but it's going to take a lot of time and it's not something that's going to happen overnight you do you have to put a lot in, of work into it you do have to wait for kind of time to take over and do the changes on its own and make those changes yourself and do that make the initiative to go out there and really make yourself into the person that you want to be eventually.
1: And so I think with that being said, I think, you know, we've had a lot of great things to say. I'm really happy that we were able to have Alice on the show. I think we're, you know, we grow from other people's experience. We, we learn and we adapt and we become less ignorant on certain topics. And so it's really cool to hear everything that she had to say today to hear our perspective on hormones and what they mean to people. And, you know, at the end of the day, what you choose to do with yourself and how you choose to express yourself is completely different than how anyone else chooses. So you're equally as valid as anybody else. And I want to make that like a clear statement before, you know, wrapping up the show. So with that being said, thank you, Alice, for being a part of the Girlish Podcast. We love you.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: I just want to preface that I'm
0: very proud of us that we were able to get through this episode because, like, the three of us on our own are, like, crackheads, and we are very annoying, and the fact that we were able to take turns and have a civilized discussion is like honestly surprising to me and I'm very proud of it.
1: I think it's really I'm glad that we recorded it so late at night for me because my energy level is just too it's a friday night too so my energy is just so low right now cuz I'm like so done with the week. I'm so done with everything. I'm just like very chill, you know? Like like really chill. So I'm really happy that we recorded the intro to this like 20 times, but you know at Literally. the end of you know at the end of this, I'm really happy that we're all together. We were able to, you know, talk a little bit about how we feel.
2: Yeah,
0: Alice, do you have any ending words? Do you want to say anything to all of the people that are listening?
2: Oh, um, for all the people who hate it on me <laughs> for touching my hair, engage this video. I'm touching my hair right now, so that's
1: a- I mean, you did touch your hair a lot. <laughs>
2: Oh my god. It's just a trans girl thing. I'll yeah. do it because
1: we have, yeah. you know, you have oh head.
2: and also um also take back the word tranny. It's not about trans name.
1: people take back the word tranny. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yes. Yes.
2: okay. Tra- trans people. Yes, yeah. Not trans Fuck. People.
0: yeah. So if you're a cis white lady watching this video, don't fucking say tranny. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Don't say it, Sharon. But <laughs> so okay. yeah, thank you everybody for listening to this video. It was super fun. I'm glad we had finally our first guest on the podcast definitely something that we want to do more in the future but we just you know we want to have our best friend on here for the first episode give her some love yes (laughs) um so if you want to you can follow all of us on instagram um you can also follow our podcast page at girlish podcast on instagram as well so as usual that's where we get all of our questions for future podcast episodes and all that type of
1: stuff yeah alice do you have any socials that you want to share
2: um Uh, My Instagram is abti, Alice, no spaces. Um, So is my Twitter, and so is everything else. So uh, we love a promo. (laughs)
1: Well, thank you guys for another (laughs) amazing episode, and I'm so happy that we're able to, you know, educate a little more people. You know, do this as often as we do, and I'm really happy with the support that we've been getting. And thank you always for just being an amazing audience. Thank you to my beautiful friends, my beautiful ladies. And I, I'm just really I'm in a good mood and I'm happy that this is the first time we've the three of us have gone on a call together for like since like forever. So like I'm emotional about it. Literally.
0: So. I know, I love it. It's so cute.
1: <laughs> All right. But with that being said, thank you guys for everything. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.